You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,270, and this is interview number 1,583. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast in Orange County, California. In driving innovation from within, Dr. Kaihan Krippendorf dispels the myth of the visionary startup company as being the primary source of innovation. His book features insights from over 150 interviews from Tencent, Amazon, to MasterCard, and Starbucks. Dr. Krippendorf is going to share more of his research during his upcoming interview with me here on Critical Mass radio show and podcast. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show or my role as a business mentor here in Orange County, California, then visit our company's website, criticalmass4business.com. It now gives me great pleasure to doctor to welcome Dr. Krippendorf to the show. Kaihan, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I love the book. Excited Great. about talking about it. And, uh, you know, it's so thought-provoking, and I know you can back it up based on the research that you've done. Uh, we're going to give you a chance to talk about that. But restate or tell my audience, which, who are CEOs of middle market companies across, you know, North America? What's the main idea contained in your book, Driving Innovation from Within, a Guide for Internal Entrepreneurs? Well, it's really that it's going to be your employees that come up with the innovations that are going to uh, 10x your business and not likely from you. It's uh, employees are the primary drivers of innovation in society. Why is that so counterculture from the image that we have, as I kind of said in the open, about the entrepreneur who's driving the innovation? Yeah, and, and I have to say, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> you know, right. and, but, but, but the entrepreneurial story, you know, that, that Elon Musk, that Michael Dell, that Bill Gates story where someone comes up with an idea and then moves to the West Coast and goes into a garage and builds something, almost all of the stories of innovation follow that narrative. And I, what, I, what I show is that actually that is less often the truth. And I think the reason that we talk so much about this story, it's just a really exciting story to tell. You know, if you're going to write a book or if you're going to uh, you know, do, a, do a TV show or a radio show, people really love hearing that hero journey story. And um, that's why I think we, 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 we celebrate that story so much. Um, and I think we seem to counterbalance that because actually 70% of society's biggest innovations have come from employees. And, and- uh, Kaihan, I, I, I like the fact of what you said in the open, which is speaking to CEOs of middle market companies to look within their company for innovation to their employees is an exciting premise. And so when you work directly with them, uh, how do you explain to them that they have innovation all over, maybe all over the place within their company, mm-hmm. and, and either they're blind to it or, or for some reason it's not being observed uh, as it could be based on you know what you write about in your book? And often I think it's that it's not being expressed by employees. They don't know that you're listening for their innovations, that you want to hear their innovations. You know, Igbar Kamprad, he's the founder of IKEA. And, you know, we think of IKEA as really disrupting its industry because of the flat pack box. Uh, But actually, that idea didn't come about until 
10 years into the founding of the company. The company's operating for 10 years, and an employee is trying to get a table in the back of someone's car, and it doesn't fit, so they took off the legs, and then the employee suggests to uh, Igvar, hey, maybe we should always sell our furniture that way. Now, he was receptive to that idea. He encouraged that kind of thinking and participation and contribution, and that set the stage for what became now the largest furniture retailer and that redefined furniture retailing over the world, around the world. That is such an excellent, concise, easy-to-remember example of exactly what you talk about in your book, and the book is Driving Innovation from Within. I, I, I love that. So right out of the gate, you knocked it out of the park. Let's let's see what else we can do with you while we have you on the program, sir, because this <laughs> has been uh, excellent. What's the inspiration for you to take the time to conduct all those re- interviews, to do the research, and then to write such a thoughtful, well-thought-out book? Well, I mean, a, a couple things. Um, this is my fourth book, and my prior book was called Outthink the Competition. It's really about how do you come up with disruptive ideas. And for the last 10, 15 years, I have been running workshops, often for entrepreneurs, around coming up with disruptive business ideas. Now, what I found, however, is that when ideas were conceived of by uh, you know, inside a, a mid-market company or a larger company, that often those ideas get thwarted by you know, the culture or bureaucracy or hierarchy. And I wanted to try to solve the problem because my, my personal mission in life is people loving what they do. And I think that many employees would just love what they do a little bit more if they feel like they can make a difference. And so then when I backward engineered it, I found out, like, wow, Actually, if you work backward from the big innovations, they mostly come from employees. So it's not that it's, um, um, not, it's not, not about it being possible. It is this is actually the truth. And so um, that's what motivated me to, to, to empower employees to uh, activate internal innovation and empower CEOs to recognize employees as the primary driver of growth. It does take both of those elements, doesn't it, Kaihan? Yes, it does. It does. It's a two-way street. And and I guess since our audience are mostly business owner CEOs, I'm speaking to you now, tone at the top kind of a thing, setting that tone and encouraging that. And if it's not the way your culture is today, it's not going to change overnight, but it's certainly never going to change until you start to model that type of curiosity about what your employees might know about that if they would just tell you could in the IKEA case, revolutionize your business, or at least become the identifier for, well, you know, maybe the accelerator for your growth. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, CEOs really have four primary levers. One is themselves, the leadership, as you're saying, the, what they model, whether they prioritize innovation. Then the two, the three other drivers are culture. Culture is a big part. It is hard to change culture, and it takes time. But there are two other drivers that as you're changing your culture, will start having more immediate impact. And one of them is your organizational structures. You know, things like, do you allow people to take time or do you give them resources to innovate? Do you allow people to collaborate across departments, like your finance department, can they get together with the marketing department and the sales department and can they work on an innovation? Um, and then the third driver that the CEO has control over. So, you know, there's four, there's the leadership, culture, structure, and then there's the talent. What kind of talent do you recruit and do you cultivate? And what I have seen is many CEO entrepreneurs, they look for people like them Hmm. who are also entrepreneurs 
or they look for deep specialists who are really, really good at you know just the best finance person, the, the, the best marketing person, right? Really specialists. But the kind of person that you're looking for is sort of like it look. They look half like an entrepreneur in that they're they're proactive, they understand the market, they're innovative thinkers. But the other dimension is really interesting. They really understand how to get things done. They understand how to work politics. They see the political challenge as part of the problem-solving process. They're also less likely to be motivated by the cash that comes from innovating. They they get a kick out of innovating. They have intrinsic intrinsic value from innovating. So it's a, it's a it's an interesting character that is the effective uh, internal innovator. And they are not that deep specialist, and they're not the CEO. You know, I love what you said, Kaihan, and we're talking with Dr. Kaihan Krippendorf. He is the author of multiple books. The one we're talking about today is Driving Innovation from Within, is that you need to, as a hire, as a CEO and as a company, you need to know the qualities of the of the people that you're trying to hire to build your culture, and you need to go out and figure out how to interview for those qualities so that you bring them into your company. You know, a lot of times we focus on the hard skills for the job and not the cultural fit, and you did a great job explaining if you want in a, an innovative culture how to find those internal entrepreneurs that are so critical. Who's the target audience for your book? Um, well, they're really... Too. I think you know, we touched on it before. It is that CEO who wants to unlock internal innovation and empower employees. Uh, and it is for the employees of that CEO who want to make a difference. Like, you know, they want to change the world without quitting the job, quitting their job. And they want to kind of leverage your scale to make a difference um, in the world. Excellent. I, I, you know, I, we don't have time to go through the entire book. So maybe you could take us on a tour de force of sort of the table of contents, I like to say when I have an author on a show, I'm not literally talking about the table yeah. of contents, but give us an arc of the book so that people will get even more excited about buying it and reading it, sir. So, so I, could, I guess it, you, could, you could break it down to three sections. There's kind of the opening section where I lay out all the statistics that show that actually employees are the primary driver. Then the middle section is the path of the employee innovator. What are the hurdles and steps they're going to follow? And then the final section is for the CEO, what are the specific things a CEO can do to unlock that in internal innovation? And in that middle path, kind of the core framework is innovate, I-N-O-V-A-T-E. And I interviewed these 150 internal innovators. I said, what are the big barriers that you face and how do you overcome those? And they follow a really interesting narrative that have these seven chapters. And to make them easy to remember, I spell them out as I-N-O-V-A-T-E. So it'll walk you through each step and what happens next and how you can overcome the barrier. That's excellent. You know, I know you also have some deep tools in the appendix, and one of them is a value blockers checklist. And, and, and so I would yeah. encourage people to Google that and maybe find that. And certainly if you get the book, go to Appendix B and check it out. But tell me why you put this in here and what's, who is it designed to help? So, you know, I have been using this framework actually for quite a while now, and you know, a CEO can also use this in thinking about where they can look for innovation. So it basically says your business models can be composed of eight different things, and they all happen to sell spell P. They all begin with P, right? So positioning, and which is your branding and your core customer. You've got your product, your pricing strategy, placement, promotion. Those are the famous marketing four Ps. Mm-hmm. And then you have your processes or operations. You have your your um, physical experience or the customer experience, and then supporting all that, your people, who you hire, how you organize them. And so you can use that in a number of ways. And the way you can use it as a value blocker is when you come up with a new business idea, you can say, if I were building this from scratch, I could design the business model and make 
the eight sets of decisions that I need to make to come up with the optimal business model, but I'm doing it from within an existing business model, right? You already are pricing a certain way. You already are selling a certain way. You already have a brand. So this checklist allows you to go through those eight Ps and predict and thereby preempt what would otherwise create this uh, business model conflict. And just with a few re-engineering choices, you can often take an idea that might otherwise not fit your business model at all and really make it hum. This is such a powerful um, tool as well because you're right, it does it does bring clarity to maybe the areas that a CEO needs to investigate further to figure out how they move from where they are maybe to where they would like to be if this idea of internal innovation and creating an entrepreneurial culture is something that they are uh, attracted to. I, I recognize maybe not everyone listening to the show today um, desires to do this in their company, and, and that's fine. We're you know This is just a model for some, and, and you make an argument that it's a model for companies who are looking really to kind of grow and, and continue to be relevant in the marketplace. But that's that's neither here nor there, ladies and gentlemen. This uh, checklist is something that, that I would encourage you to look at when you get the book. Um, what advice would you give to maybe a CEO or business executive out there who's listening to our interview today here on OC Talk Radio or iHeartRadio and says, you know, I, I have a book in me. I'd, I'd like to be an author. You've written several of them, Kaihan. What advice can you give to them, please? Well, you know, I really think of myself as, as uh, I'm, not, I'm not a consultant uh, as much as I am a, a thinker. I love doing the research. So for me, I like to find a topic that I'm really passionate about that I would be willing to invest a lot of time, typically takes me three to five years to write a book that I'm so curious about that I, I don't want to stop. You know, so find that topic that you are really, really passionate about and you know that you're going to have the, the drive to, to see it through. And I think it's also a topic that's going to make a difference, right? Look around at the books that are around and say, does this book already exist? Uh, and if so, does the world need another book? You know, mm. find that white space, just as you would with a with a, with a with a product idea. Yeah, that sounds like advice for an entrepreneur, right? Who's going to build a company? Yeah. So, transferable skills, ladies and gentlemen, with Dr. Kaihan Krippendorf. Uh, do you have other resources available that support the book? You know, if so, can you can you describe what else might be out there that could benefit the reader? Yeah, well, I, I do keynote speeches um, regularly. Uh, I also have a workshop that uh, we can deliver, and that we have uh, a workbook. And very soon, we will be releasing a an, an, uh, a self paced online course. Um, and I hope in a few weeks that'll be available. Well, that's exciting. And you are you, are they hearing it first here on Critical Mass Radio Show and podcast? You are. Oh, baby, we're breaking news! <laughs> Look at us! How exciting! Uh, and. and can we? Can I sit on that for a second? Because you surprised me with that. I didn't. I wasn't aware, but I'm excited by the idea. Uh, who is that intended for? Um, that is intended for the employee. So my idea is that the CEO will read the book and say, "Okay, I just let me just get this to my people, so that they are thinking this way and they understand the tools." While I'm, you know, doing what I need to do, and you can just arm employees with it. They can walk through each chapter and practice the tools and be, you know converted into internal entrepreneurs. So, Kaihan, where did the idea for this innovation come from? Of the online course? Yes. Yes. Well, good question. Was it internal? Crazy. Tell me it was internal. One of your people told you, hey, Kaihan, we had to do this. It's internal, I guess. I guess. No, honestly, I was, I was approached by a company that specializes in this. And okay. I thought, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a while, or I've, I've been thinking that I want to do it, but it was a lot of work. But right. I found a company that just is 
an expert at doing it, and they walk me through the process. I've done a lot of other online courses, or at least my other book, but they're very, they're very, very involved, and I just wasn't sure if I wanted to <laughs> think all the time that I did. So yeah. this is something that uh, it's, it's, it, you know, it, it's taken us about six weeks, and another two weeks. It'll wow. That is awesome that you could create such powerful content in that amount of time. That company must have some best practices under their belt. What have you learned about innovation that you didn't know prior to doing the research and the commitment to write and publish your book? You know, I think that innovation used to be about like just changing things to change things. But now it's more about making a difference. And it really is a contribution to society. And that's important because... If you want your people to innovate, they need to know what types of innovations to look for. And your strategic plan is probably too complex. You've probably got five or six or seven different things, and your people don't really understand the whole strategy. But when you align the company around like one core purpose that everyone can understand, it unifies innovation. So it's both a smart thing to do because then people know what kind of innovations you're asking them to look for, but it's also a good thing to do because that's the best way to impact the world. Wow. What a powerful answer. If someone huh, would like to learn more about driving innovation from within, a guide for internal entrepreneurs, or the keynote and workshop work that you do, Kaihan, how do they find you online? Best place is to go to my website, kaihan.net, K-A-I-H-A-N.net. Well, that was simple. I want to thank you, sir, for being on the show for giving such great content, illuminating ideas, uh, changing our perspective, hopefully a little bit, so we break our confirmation bias that the world is built on entrepreneurs and breakthrough thinking outside of existing companies. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. You're a friend of the program. Thank you, Kaihan, for your time this afternoon. No, thank you for having me on. Of course. I'd also like to thank our engineer, Mr. Paul Roberts, without whom... You know, we wouldn't have the show technically working. And then our three producers, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Vanessa Holland. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do it is on LinkedIn, and I am Richard Franzi, spelled F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.